Welcome back, guys. Encounter with God section coming up right now. And as we get into this section, there are a couple of things I did want to highlight. One of them, of course, is the uh, sexual assault support line. So we've been talking about some pretty heavy things this morning. Uh, We've talked about the issue of sexual assault, the Me Too movement, um, abortion. Uh, This is all, of course, um, centering around the Brett Kavanaugh situation. So Brett Kavanaugh, who is pro-life and accused of sexual assault. And so, um, if if this is if this has raised some questions in your mind, if if you are you know feeling under pressure, if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling you know some some dark thoughts at this particular time because of maybe something that uh, that you've experienced that you have gone through, then call this number. This is the sexual assault support line one eight hundred seven three seven seven three two. That's one eight hundred respect. Um, and of course, Lifeline. You can call Lifeline for crisis support and suicide mm. prevention. One three one 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 four. We uh, we actually have our resident American with us today, and he's still joining us here in the studio. And um, Matt Parra, we're so glad that you can join us. We, we were here. talking about um, this issue of uh, abortion, and uh, you know, obviously, it is central to the whole Brett Kavanaugh situation in the U.S. and in the break, Lawson had some some rather interesting questions that um, he was posing, and I thought we might just take a couple of moments to consider those questions because mm-hmm. they're, they're they're relevant. They need to be they need mm. to be discussed. Right, people are thinking about them probably. Yes, there's a whole probably a whole bunch of people out there that um, you've deeply offended there this morning, Matt. But that's okay. That's right. Um, because <laughs> we're just simply here standing for life. Yeah. Mm. You know. The value of life. I mean, we talked about a story just before you came on where the Indian Navy, um, you know, they spent millions of dollars to rescue one sailor. Mm. That's right. Just one person. Mm. Millions of dollars spent. That's right. To send a destroyer down into the, what was it, the South... Uh, yeah, um, the Indian Ocean. Indian Ocean. Yeah, to, yeah. to rescue this dude who had, uh, yeah, come off his... Had been yeah. injured in a solo boat race. But um, I think before we get to the issue uh, or the topic of ab- abortion and we talk about that, um, coming back first to this whole like Brett Kavanaugh thing. Yeah. Um, the thing that's that's really interesting because there's been this these sexual assault allegations and, um, you know, sure that like people are pol- putting, you know, looking at it a political light, like, oh, this is a smear campaign. This is this, right. this and is that. Um and yeah, for sure, you could you could have that view of like, oh, this is coming up now when he's being um, uh, mm-hmm. put in as a Supreme Court justice. But um, you know, from the perspective of of the first uh, the first victim of sexual assault, she actually um, had come out that she you know it wasn't just the like oh all of a sudden Brett Kavanaugh assaulted me, but actually yeah. the. The, the accusation was first she she didn't so much accuse but she's been seeing a counselor over the last 20 years um and in 2012 she told her therapist about this situation that had happened mm-hmm. and i think you know it's okay. it's one thing for us to say okay yeah this is political yeah. um but you can imagine being being that woman and, and something like sexual ass- assault that's so shameful yeah. um and and such a hard thing to deal with and you're seeing your you know attacker you know, let's 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 side with this woman and say you're seeing. You know, you've already already you know had this testimony from the uh, the counselor that she's admitted this, and now you're seeing your attacker um, or your perpetrator becoming the Supreme Court justice of the entire United States, which is 
which is a, a lifelong <laughs> position. Insane. I think that could motivate her to say, okay, I'm just going to stop being afraid mm. and go forward with the. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really interesting, like because you know we're in the midst um, of this whole Me Too movement and people, you know, speaking up about sexual assault, which is such a, a nasty and such a terrible thing that that no one should go through and we should be so supportive of no matter the political <laughs> ramifications you know right. um and i think by the way let me interject there just real quick i think we should be supportive in more than just like a social way with mm-hmm. like little hashtag uh, statements yeah. on twitter i think we should actually make a higher consequence for the offense i think mm. if you're really serious about sexual assault then you get serious legally you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. and the United States absolutely. convictions for rape and, and these kinds of things are, are ridiculous. Like, honestly. Mm, yeah. like, you, you got pedophiles who are in jail for like two years. I mean, Archbishop you know, Philip like, Wilson, right here in Newcastle, yeah. he gets six months of Netflix. He's, con- he's condemned yeah. to, he, you know, for, yeah. for, um, for, for covering up. Get out of here. Pedophilia. That's right. And, and, and they've said in the state, like, everything I've read, and I have read some material on this, shows that the vast majority of pedophiles will re offend. Mm-hmm. And in the United mm-hmm. States, a guy gets caught. Molesting children, sexually abusing children, um, a little bit of prison time, a little bit of jail time, and then voila, have a nice life, right? You're okay. You're free. You're going to go out and reoffend us. So you've ruined someone's life, period. Mm-hmm. You've made so much difficulty for them, and then your, your penalty is just like a slap on the hand. And, and if we're really serious about uh, protecting children, protecting women, I think it needs to reflect for legislatively. Sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, because that's the most powerful thing you can do mm-hmm. is protect them legislatively. I, I really agree with what you're saying there because we can, you know, we can we can make hashtags all we want. Mm-hmm. We can protest in the street all we want. But if, if, if people who actually care aren't willing to step up and do something about it legislatively yeah. and actually support people where it really matters, then the what's the point? The penalty needs to reflect our uh, outrage towards the crime. Mm. Now, moving on to the topic of, of abortion, um, and there's there's a lot of different... <laughs> there's, oh well, I guess there's a spectrum of views that that yeah. that people have, um, and I guess like for myself as as a young person, and especially growing up as a you know a non Christian, I was very left leaning my whole life, like yeah. very very. As you liberal. would be going to public school, yeah. listening well, this, to yeah, Hollywood. Is, uh, yeah. Once again, this is not Sorry an issue. Of, brother. Yeah, it's not an issue of left versus right. Yeah, we're talking about life versus mm-hmm. death. It's that simple. Yeah. So I don't care whether you're left, right, or indifferent. But that's you know, right. go ahead. But I, but I think it's it's important to note that because in politics, it's like at the moment the political scope is that sure. the left is the left is pro-choice yeah. and the right is pro-life. pro-life. Yeah. Um, I think my views have changed as a, you know as I've grown up and I've become a Christian. But it it does go back to you know like the the topic of abortion. You know, one of the things that that people really lobby for um, is like different circumstances or situations um you know there's probably a lot of uh, pro-choice people who are like oh yeah you know just aborting babies sucks um but what about when it comes down to the situation of maybe you know a a young woman being sexually assaulted with Mm -hmm. the result being a pregnancy or or something like this is when the 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 waters start to get really murky um of like okay which which way should we lean on this do you have any sort of thought on that Oh, yeah, for sure. And just to throw this in there, I used to be a real pro-choice guy, too, growing up as well. And I mm-hmm. shifted. And I shifted once I delivered my children. Yeah. <laughs> wow. and, I, and I realized that all those abortion videos that I had watched and, uh, up to that point, the, I, never, I never actually made the connection. 
when I saw my first son born, I thought, wow, he really looks like those aborted babies. And it like dawned on me for the first time, we're actually taking human beings' lives away from them, mm. Real that they'll be real people. Anyways, I, I do have a response to that. My, my basic view, and I won't articulate it perfectly, is that um, what happens a lot of times is that people want to take the exceptional cases and they want to apply them universally as if that's the vast majority of, of abortion cases mm-hmm. when it's not. And oftentimes people use those kinds of arguments to, be, to, to just try to guilt or shame people who are pro-life into just capitulating to their opinion. So if you ask somebody who says that, okay, so if we did say that those cases could abort their children, you know, in the cases of race or rape or incest, then most people would say like, no, like, no, um, Oh, sorry. What did I, I'm just a little confused in my thoughts. But if, if you were to say to someone who made that argument is um, if we made that legal, but all the rest of abortions would be illegal, would you be okay with that? They'll usually say no. Yeah. Wow. Sure. So they're kind of making a smokescreen kind of an argument to, to mm-hmm. guilt you into agreeing with them, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, I'd say um, let's not try to act as if that's the norm because mm-hmm. it's not. The vast majority of abortions are just elective and... Yeah, just be just an unwanted pregnancy. It's that, an unwanted um, pregnancy. You just don't want to be pregnant. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you feel like bringing a new life into the world is going to destroy your life, so you yeah. take that life. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Um, and, and that's a pretty sad thing. Um, I, I think that um, you know, even even amongst those um, those rape cases, and you know, I wish Mon was here for this discussion because. You know, she has a very cl- cl- close relative, and she's talked about it here a number of times before. Who was a rape baby? You know, raped by the uh, the Russians as they came into Germany, and and such an mm. amazing person that she is, and uh, and the world would just be a, a, a much more empty place without this particular individual. Um, I think that there's um, yeah, there's, there's there's something there worth considering, but um, yeah, unfortunately. Um, we are going to have to move on here. Matt, can you tell us really quickly your story? Oh, listen, um, my mom was uh, single, not a lot of money, and she was encouraged to get an abortion and um, went to the abortion clinic with my grandmother and uh, the little baby inside of her was me. And uh, she couldn't, she, she, you know, she wanted to let me live. She wanted to have a son. And um, uh, against the counsel of my grandparents and my family, uh, she decided to run out of the abortion clinic, you know. And so if she had gotten an abortion, every single person who is pro-choice or pro-abortion would say, hey, that was okay. You did the right thing. It was the right thing for you. It was the right, you know, but she wouldn't have had me and we have a great relationship. And she never says, you know, oh, I regret not aborting you. I mean, she might have thought that once or twice, but she says every time I see her, I thank God that I didn't do it. And I think that most women who don't do, you know, have an abortion when they're encouraged to feel that way too. Mm. And so I speak personally about this. I, you know, I would have been aborted had my mom agreed with what pro-choice people say. Yeah. And there's a very, very much a human element here that we often um, we often miss out on talking about and that is you know what actually happens to the mother after the abortion and uh, never good. The, the depression and anxiety that's a result good. of that you're listening to faith fm positively different radio Welcome back, guys. We do need to get to our Bible study sometime today. It's been great having uh, Matt in here talking about uh, American issues and worldwide issues and Australian issues. And uh, it's just been, uh, yeah, give us a, a unique perspective. But we do need to get to our Bible study. We left Paul. He was being shipwrecked. Um, and, and I should just give these numbers out again. If you are the, uh, the victim of sexual assault, the sexual assault support line is 1-800-RESPECT. That is 1-800-737-732. 
um, or the Lifeline number is 131114. Um, that's for crisis support and suicide prevention. Okay, so Lawson, we left Paul about to be shipwrecked. Where were we up to? Yeah, so we uh, we closed off in in verse twenty six, um, where where Paul, you know, he explains to the people like, oh, you, you know, you should actually no, we didn't. We got we got way further than that. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah, he is he is inside. Of, he is now inside of land. That has to be a yeah. Both a good feeling and a bad thing be- feeling because they have been uh, washed up, drifted up on a windward shore. Um, there is breakers. That's how they've been able to identify that land is near during the night. Thankfully, they've been able to do, mm. sa- do so. And the last thing you want to do in the middle of a storm is go ashore on the rocks. Yeah, That's for a sure. pretty sure recipe for killing everybody on board. But yeah, actually where we closed off was in verse... 36, um, this is where we uh, tied the knot on our Bible study, where we, uh, where we, uh, <laughs> where we dropped the anchor on our Bible study yesterday. I'm sorry, I'm just like coming up with all these boat puns because I, <laughs> I just love it. Go but, for um, it, go for it. Um, well, we, let's have a look at this then. Um, yeah, read for us from verse 36. Yeah, the Bible says, Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All t- 276 of us. Uh, who were on board were eating. Uh, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. Okay, by, it continues on. It says, and when it was day, they did not un- they did not recognize the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which, if it were possible, they could thrust the ship. That's um, probably your best case scenario in this situation mm-hmm. right here. That they have actually. Um, there is a spot on the land that is visible. If they can get their ship into it, she won't be broken on the rocks. They can run her up into this creek, onto a mud bank, something like that. She's certainly going to be uh, uh, smashed and destroyed, but they will be able to get away with their lives. Okay, it goes on. When they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves to the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made towards shore. Okay, so there's a couple of details here mm-hmm. that um, come through in the translation and don't come through in the translation. First of all, there's no way that they would have been setting the mainsail, mm-hmm. not in the middle of a storm. That's a massive sail that's almost as long as the ship itself. Mm-hmm. The indication is that that was thrown over a long, long time ago. Yeah. If you are now, of course, they've anchored from the stern. The reason that they have done this is to turn the ship. To so turn the she, spin, yep, ship around, yeah. They've spun her around. She's now facing the shore so that when they actually um, let go of the anchors, they've got immediate control of the ship. Mm. They are positioned, ready to go ashore. They know that they have no option, they, that, that, that this has to happen because they can't beat to windward uh, from this particular, from the position that they're in. That, that's the only option they have and you can't stay anchored in a storm you know, indefinitely. You can do it for a few hours, but sooner or later either the ship is going to give way or the anchor cables are going to give way, most likely the anchor cables. Mm. So a very, very temporary measure to anchor in, 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 uh, in, in a storm like this. Um, the Bible says they let loose the rudder bands. In other words, they unlashed the rudders. So you've got these two large steering oars, which are rudders, over the stern. What this indicates is that we were definitely correct when we said that she was not running under bare poles through mm-hmm. the storm. She was hove to. Yeah. Because when you heave to, what you're going to do is you're going to run a small triangular mar- uh, sail up the foremast mm-hmm. um, and you're going to lash the rudders. Mm-hmm. Hard to starboard. Yeah. So what that does is that that small triangular sail 
will create thrust. It will it will um, it will push the ship forward. She will the rudders being hard across to starboard. She's going to head reach. In other words, she's going to head up into the wind until that sail loses wind. At that point, the bow of the ship is going to turn back out of the wind. And until the sail fills, once the sail fills, the rudders are lashed across, and so she head back up into the wind. And so it's a, it's basically a controlled drift. Mm. And the fact that they have lashed the rudders down shows us that she had definitely been hove to through the last, uh, um, through the last fortnight while she was drifting, uh, with a controlled drift that has pushed her towards Malta rather than down into Libya and Tunisia. Mm. But, of course, they need steerage now. They can see a creek, um, and the Bible says here, or in my translation, it says they raised the mainsail. They would not have raised the mainsail. They would have raised the ottoman, which is the, mm-hmm. uh, the small sail, small square sail on the foremast. Well, well, my, my translation says they raised the foresail. The force yes, exactly. Okay, all right. Yeah. So your translation, <laughs> between the two of them here, we're getting a, uh, a better picture of what is yep. going on. Okay, so they've raised the foresail. Um, that means that they've that they've got steerage, they've got control mm-hmm. of the ship, and they are underway, headed for the shore. All right, let's continue on in verse forty-one. The Bible says, "But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. Uh, the bow of the ship struck fast, while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. Soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape." But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so that he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first to make for land. And the others held on to the planks of debris from the broken ship so everyone escaped safely to shore. Okay, so if you, as we mentioned this yesterday. If you go to Malta and you find out and you go to this place, which is the traditional um, place where Paul... Uh, landed in the shipwreck. It, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it basically exactly fits the description you've got here. Yeah, you've got a spit of land. You've got a place where two seas meet. Where in heavy weather, the breakers are going to wash across and turn that spit into an island. So mm-hmm. you know, two seas meeting there. You've got um, a small harbour behind that that has been created by dredging out a swamp. Mm-hmm. And so you can see where they were making for that swamp. Um, but you know there was obviously a sandbar, a shoal before they got there. And as a result of that, they didn't make it up into that creek where they were aiming for. They've run aground. And as typically happens in this case, the, um, the bow strikes first and then the uh, stern of the ship just gets completely smashed, the back mm. of the ship. And uh, yeah, they got to swim for it. Yeah. They all swim for it. And as the angel had told Paul, every single one of them survive. And Epic. thus comes an end to the shipwreck journey of Paul. Quite mm-hmm. an adventure yeah. recorded here in the Bible. Man. All right. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's continue on. Yep. Um, but this is, this is just an epic story. This, is, is, this is. is so cool. Um, is. But continuing on, uh, in, now we're in chapter 28. We are indeed. So moving on, the Bible says, Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped... Um, escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. 
The people waited for him to swell up suddenly, suddenly and drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw he wasn't harmed, they changed their mind and decided he was a god. Oh, there you go. All right, so let's um, let's think about Dude, this for a moment. Heavy. <laughs> you have just survived. All right, um, you have just survived a fortnight of storm mm-hmm. in an old and leaky ship. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is this is this has been a, a, an experience where nobody on the ship thought they were going to survive. <laughs> so you have just survived that. Then the ship has been shipwrecked and mm-hmm. smashed. Yeah, you have been able to swim to shore, right? So you are, you know, from a worldly perspective, this is a very lucky person. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get to shore. What happens? You get bit by a snake. You're, you're gathering some logs together to build a fire because you're freezing <laughs> cold because you've just been dragged out of the water and you want to dry out. And there's a viper right there Dude, in the, uh, amongst the uh, uh, amongst the timbers. Mm-hmm. It comes out and it bites him on the hand, and there he is with his you know big old viper hanging off his hand, which is a, a, a deadly snake. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you would be you. You know, you can you can understand why they would say, you know, this guy he just wasn't meant to live. <laughs> <laughs> it was not his day. He survived the ocean, but uh, but then the story turns around. It becomes a very very different story indeed. As they wait for him to die, and he does not die. Of course, that snake today is called Saint Paul's Viper. We choose I've tried but failed To walk in someone else's shoes Strange How I've tried To walk this road alone Not knowing The things I might find
Welcome back, guys. This is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We are in the book of Acts with 20 million movement. We are right at the end of the book of Acts. We are about to start a new Bible study. Uh, as we end this particular series, we are looking at the story of Paul on Malta and how he was bitten by a poisonous snake, a viper. Mm. And uh, there are some vipers that uh, certainly live in that area today, um, now extinct on Malta, of course, but mm-hmm. extremely venomous snakes. The Maltese, of course, were expecting him to die, thinking, wow, you know, two weeks of, two weeks of storm didn't kill him, shipwreck didn't kill him. Um, he survived all that only to be bitten by a snake on the shore, you know, within, uh, within minutes of coming ashore, you know, maybe 15 minutes, half an hour. And uh, so, yep, the gods have obviously got something against this guy. And then, of course, he shakes the snake off into the fire and, uh, and, and nothing happens to him, nothing whatsoever at all. Yeah. And so they change their minds. What do they, what do they decide he is? They, they get to the point where, like, not only is he not hated by the gods, but he himself is a god. Which is <laughs> crazy, man. How fickle is human nature? Mm. Okay, so let's uh, continue on with our story here because God uses Paul as he's here in Malta and Malta goes on to become a Christian island, a Christian country. Um, why don't you read on for us there? Yeah, in verse 7, we in, in chapter 28 now, we uh, pick up the story. The Bible says, Near the shore where we landed... Um, was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, um, Pub- Publius's father was ill and fever um, and fever and dysentery. Um, Paul went in and prayed for him, laying his hands on him, and he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were, show- we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. And read for us first, the next verse as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it was three months after the shipwreck um, that we set sail on another ship that had uh, wintered at the island. An Alexandri- Alexandrian ship with the twin gods at its figurehead. Our first stop was uh, Syracuse, where we stayed three days. From there, we sailed across to uh, Regium. A day later, a south wind began blowing, and we and the following day, we sailed up the coast of Patioli. Uh, Pit, Pit, oh man, this your, your, is your, your Italian. Your Italian is letting Ooh. you down there, uh, Lawson. This morning, um, how how would you pronounce the- that? Hey, hey um, uh, do I look Italian to you? Yeah. <laughs> Puttioli. 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 Okay. Um, if you're in Italian this morning, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is our number. Give us a, give us a hand with some of these. Um, with some of these Dude, isn't uh, that shameful? I lived in Europe for like two years. Oh, like, I, I can speak a bit of Spanish. Like, <laughs> yeah, a bit but, of a difference between Spanish and Italian, but anyway, yeah. such is the case. Okay, so <laughs> what, what's interesting here is that um, you know he stays with the family of the um, of the chief official of the island, mm-hmm. uh, who is a Roman official. This is a, a, a Roman island at this particular time. He's there for three days. He heals uh, his father and a whole bunch of other people on the island. And then they spend the next three months there. They winter on the island of Malta. And it's during this time that, of course, Christianity comes to Malta. Mm-hmm. And Christian, Christian, you know, Malta became a, uh, a Christian island, a Christian nation, is, um, has a very, very strong trist- Christian tradition right the way through to this day. Of course, here in Australia, we have uh, lots of Maltese people, uh, which is just fantastic. And... Uh, 
um, you know, good solid ties with with Malta, most interesting little nation. Mm. Just uh, some of the most fascinating history ever. You know, right the way through the Second World War and so forth, right down to our day. But uh, yeah, Christianity established there by Paul as the result of a shipwreck. So Paul does not stop ministering, regardless of whether he is marooned on an island as a uh, you know washed up as a shipwreck survivor, or whether he's in chains, or whether he's a prisoner, or whatever mm. he is. He just simply does not serving, stop serving God. Isn't that epic that God can use like such dire situations like that to to reveal like His glory, like to it's work? It's also out interesting that throughout this whole experience, there's no occasion where when Paul tries to escape. Yeah, wow. The Roman centurion, you know, was obviously traveling with a number of prisoners who were on their way to Rome. The Bible indicates that you know the soldiers wanted to kill kill the prisoners plural. So there are a number mm-hmm. of soldiers and a number of of, of prisoners who are on this journey. Uh, their lives are spared because the centurion likes Paul. Mm. He's given Paul freedom in the past to go into the city and to preach um, wherever they've been going because he knows that Paul is not going to try and escape. Mm-hmm. Paul has many many opportunities where he could have escaped. You know, in the middle of a shipwreck, it'd be pretty hard, pretty easy to escape. You know, slip off onto a far point of the island, um, hold out for a while, steal a boat, sail away, and disappear into the empire somewhere. Would not be a difficult thing to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But he has been told by God that he is going to witness in Rome, in the court of Caesar, and yeah. nothing is going to stop him. He is going. You know, he knows that there is every possibility he could lose his life in this encounter, but he is being faithful to God. Um, because God has always been faithful to him, and there is nothing that is going to dissuade him from um, from what his his actual purpose is. By the way, we've had a prayer request that's come through. If you've got a prayer request, uh, send it through. I'm just going to share this one with you real quick. There's um, a fellow by the name of Phil White down in Hoxton Park in Sydney. Mm-hmm. They're running a uh, a Bible prophecy program there. Yeah, wow. And they have a very large, in fact, they have the world's largest, tallest air-filled statue that has been set up um, in the grounds of the Hoxton Park Seventh-day Adventist Church. This thing is so massive. You can Epic. see it. You can see it from the uh, from the freeway driving past. It towers above everything. You need to get out there. And How tall is it? It is ninety feet tall, thirty meters. Dude, that whoa. Okay, it yeah, is yeah, that's an pretty tall. Statue of the uh, image seen by uh, Daniel. In Dude, the, epic in the in the prophecy of Daniel two, and it is the size of the one that was built by Nebuchadnezzar, made out of gold. Wow. Have you ever seen this thing? No. Oh, you have no I, I've idea. seen I've I mean, seen a blow up one before, but not thirty just, meter tall blow up just, one. It towers. It, honestly, it towers over the trees. It towers over the over the uh, you know the power poles. It, it just completely dominates the landscape for miles around. If you haven't seen it, if you're in Sydney, you need to get out to Hoxton Park and have a look. It is truly an amazing thing out there. It's raining at the moment, mm-hmm. and so when it gets wet, it doesn't take long. It can easily have uh, you know several tons of water can accumulate just on the outside skin, mm-hmm. which is not a good thing for uh, something that's built so light. You know, an airfield yeah. uh, statue, and so they're asking that we uh, that we pray that um, 
yeah, it doesn't break in the in the, in the weather. I was like, "What do we pray for? Do we pray for it to stop raining? Well, that will, let's just let's pray God's will be done here, and that the uh, the thing doesn't break, and that mm-hmm. it, can, it can handle the uh, the environment at this particular time." But uh, yeah, getting back to our story, Paul is on his journey, and when you come down to uh, where were we? Uh, verse fourteen, uh, we he found certain brethren and desired to stay with them. And they stayed with them for seven days and then went towards Rome. It must have been incredibly encouraging for Paul. You know, he's been mm-hmm. lonely. He's been in prison for so long. Um, he's been shipwrecked. He's been on the island of Malta. He turns up here in Italy. He has never been in this country before. It would be incredibly encouraging to find the gospel has just spread everywhere. Yeah, wow. Everywhere you go, you find Christian people. Um, how exciting would that be? And uh, so much evidence here that we find that yeah, the gospel was just exploding through mm. the world in those in the, in that first century. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to continue on with today's show. Next coming up is all sons and daughters called me higher. I could just sit. I could just sit and wait for all your goodness. Hope to feel your presence. I could just stay. I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you. Hope to feel something again. Be 
They're living far longer and far happier than most people in the world. And now, their secret's out. Six regions have been identified as blue zones, places where people experience holistic health. And it's doing them a lot of favors. So do yourself a favor and come along to the free Rethink Health workshops, where we will explore six core principles of health and longevity proven through the Blue Zones at the Swansea Center Sunday, October 7, October 14, and October 21st. From 5 p.m. is where you'll find us. For more information, call 0402-528-869 or search for the Rethink Health event on Facebook. I saw your substance yet unformed Knew your days before you were born Love from ages past I've sworn I hold you in my care My thoughts towards you are deep and vast More countless than the ocean sands From your first cry to your last breath Josie Minigus uh, with Psalms 139 here on Faith FM and uh, moving on with the show we've come to that time of the show where we get the greatest blessing because the Bible says no that's we're not part of that show we're a question of the day yeah we're a question I'm, of the I'm, day I'm getting ahead calm, of myself calm down Lyle <laughs> <laughs> ah, question of the day so alright so uh, oh quiz 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 nobody, yes. nobody snapped up the quiz yes. what is going all right. on all right. what is going okay. on okay we're going to give two clues away now alright alright so 1-800-324 843 is the number. Dial those numbers. Get ready to press the green button because you're about to get two clues. Okay, check it out. Our next clue is, I'm the father of Lamech. And then the next clue after that is, I'm the son of Enoch. So, bam, you've got a pretty complete genealogy there. You can find out who that is. You do indeed. All right, can I give another clue? Okay, sure. Um, His name means when I die, it will come. Amazing. Mm, and right. He died in a specific year, 
and the event came. Well, there you go. Mm. All right, so where are we up to with our uh, question of the day? Okay, so our question of the day is, what does it mean to take up your cross? Okay, this is a really good question because, you know, what we've got to look at is, uh, first of all, what does it not mean? So we're going to start by looking at what it doesn't mean. And to do that, we're going to go to Galatians, where Paul talks about um, taking up the cross. And we're going to go down to verse 20, where Paul says this, I am crucified with Christ. Mm. Nevertheless, I live. So here Paul says, I have taken up the cross. I am crucified with Christ. But clearly, he is not literally crucified. So when the Bible talks about taking up your cross, it is not literally talking about being nailed to a cross. In some of these festivals that they have around the world, you know, say at Easter time and this kind of thing, you will have some pretty bizarre situations where people will actually nail themselves to a cross, you know, to do what Jesus did. This is not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is very, very strong against self mutilation. This is something that should never take place. This is an abomination according to Scripture. God condemns it in the strongest possible language. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Well, clearly he is not literally crucified because in contrast to that, he is writing the book of Galatians. You can't do that if you are nailed to a cross. That's impossible. Yeah. Okay. He says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh, you know, the literal body that I'm living right now, mm-hmm. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so Paul says, okay, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. In other words, he himself has died. And so here's a really key point. This is the foundation of Christianity. And the foundation of Christianity has largely been lost in today's world. The foundation of Christianity is dying to self. It's all about dying. In fact, the greatest thing that you can achieve in Christianity is to die to self and allow Jesus to live within you. Now, of course, every religion outside of Christianity teaches the exact opposite. And this is where Christianity is the exact opposite of every other religion in existence because they all teach that the solution to life, happiness, harmony, health, all those kind of things is found within you and that you need to be true to yourself. And you've probably heard this a million times yourself, Lawson. Oh, yeah. you've got to be true to yourself. Oh, yeah. you know, the greatest thing you do. Follow your dreams. Oh, all this kind of stuff. You know what? As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, the last thing in the world that I ever want to do is be true to myself. Yeah. Myself is a problem. Yeah. Whenever I've got into trouble, it has always been myself that has gotten it, gotten mm-hmm. me into trouble. It has never been Jesus Christ. Yeah. And when I follow myself and I'm true to myself, I just become a selfish narcissist. So taking up your cross is dying to self so that Jesus can live within you, so that you can reach up and grasp hold of a power outside of yourself rather than trying to reach down, grab yourself by the bootstraps and pull yourself out of the quicksand swamp. Mm. That's an impossibility. It can never happen. Jesus offers his power, his grace, so that he can change your life and make you into a new and better person. And that's what it means to take up the cross of Christ. It is the greatest privilege that anyone can ever experience. And if you've never experienced it, let me encourage you. Give your life to Jesus today. Make a full surrender. Give it all to him and your life will be radically changed for the better. This is Question Time here on Faith FM. 
much more Can God above According to His own likeness His own image Made He us
Welcome back to Faith FM. Uh, this is just Lawson here because Lyle's actually stepped out of the studio. He's had to uh, to go off. He's got some things to do. But we are at that point in the show where we are closing. We are uh, we are leaving. Uh, we are going and we're finishing up for today. Um, but I'm so stoked that all of those who have listened have listened up to this point. Um, yeah, we had a really heavy crazy show today um we we talked about some really hectic subjects but we have come to the point in our show where we are giving away something for free so if you want to pick up um what i'm about to give away uh, you can call us on 1-800-324-843 or give us a text on 0491-064-669 but today um for our giveaway we have a book uh and it's it's an amazing book it's called help in daily living it's by a lady named ellen g white and you know, we like I said, we've talked about some some really heavy stuff um, today. Um, stuff that a lot of people don't get through. You know, um, whether it be uh, abortion or sexual assault. You know, things that just cause real havoc and real stress and strain on people's life. And this book, Help in Daily Living, um, it just really singles in and and hones in and, and focuses on and looks at the return of Jesus Christ. The very thing. Um, that gets rid of and restores those parts in our life that that bring us such pain um, and misery. So if you want this book, again, you can call us on 1-800-324-843 or give us a text on 0491-064-669. Anyway, this has been the Faith FM Morning Show. You've been here with Lyle and Lawson um, hanging out with us, and it's it's been awesome. I'm stoked that you guys have been here with us. Um, you got to remember also, shout out to our producer, Marta, who has been doing an awesome job um, just serving up uh, different songs and just bangers. Um, but... Reminder, just before we go, we have a new YouTube channel. So we just uh, recorded the question of the day. If you want to check that out, head over to Faith FM on YouTube. And uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. Continue to live your lives and join us tomorrow. Place I saved just for you